Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is an American record producer, mixing engineer, songwriter, musician, and artist coach. His creative work ethic has been sculpted by a career spanning over two decades with his band, The Wonder Years, including multiple Billboard chart-topping releases, extensive global touring, and the mentorship of music industry heavyweights. This wealth of experience has galvanized his creative philosophy around trust, authenticity, experimentation, and self-discovery. His dedication to these ideals, to these ideals, has cultivated insights that he draws upon at every stage of the creative process, helping people to discover and redefine their artistic voice and creating strategies to help them grow and amplify their music career. So let's welcome Casey Cavalier. How are you doing today, Casey? Thanks, Victor. I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be here. Looking forward to this little chat. Um, and yes, that I mean, that about sums it up. I uh, guilty as charged. I am all of those things and proud of it. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's great to have you on, Casey. So I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. So um, at the heart of that intro, obviously, uh, is the fact that I, I am a musician and like many other musicians' origin stories, started out when I was young. Uh, father was a musician. Um, there were, you know, some guitars, basses, old leftover equipment from when he was in a band in the 60s, sitting around the house. Uh, you pick it up, you start to get interested in it, ask some questions. Um, and so fast forward, um, that brought me into... Um, a really music focused uh, career through junior high, high school, and, um, you know, played in a lot of bands locally. Um, I came up in the the greater Philadelphia area um, in southeastern Pennsylvania. And um, by the end of high school, uh, I had amassed a, a large number of friends, um, some of which were very close knit and had already been playing in other um rock and punk bands uh, over the years and uh, combined some powers um, on a, uh, I guess, like a weekend afternoon in the summer, right before everybody was kind of going to go off to college and seemingly just for a joke and a laugh um, formed a joke band, uh, wrote a, a song with some silly lyrics and somehow um, out of all the projects that we've been in up until that point, that was the one that would take me through the next roughly 20 years of my life into music. <laughs> um, and uh, which is when when bands always uh, often ask, like, what was the, you know, what was the seat? When did you know? It's like, well, honestly, we, we started out about as lighthearted as you could get, um, you know, and, and kind of let the rest of it uh, evolve and unfold. So um, that's kind of how I got, really got um, deep into it. Um, throughout the next, you know, five years, we did a lot of extensive DIY touring, booking our own shows, uh, writing, getting getting better at what we did and finding out what we wanted to be as a band. And the last uh, decade or so has has been a ton of nonstop touring. We put out uh, now at this point seven plus studio albums and and had a lot of really incredible success and seen the impact that um, that our music has had uh, on people all around the world, which is uh, pretty incredible in and of itself. Um, 
but then it doesn't stop there, you know, <laughs> um, and, and, it, and it rarely does. And it always seems like, especially in the lane of entrepreneurs, there's always like another carrot, right? Um, and um, and for us, you know, we wanted to give back. Um, and then, you know, about uh, about the turn of the of my decade, like going into my 30s, um, you know, I started to realize that what we had actually built and what we were actually doing was very entrepreneurial in terms of solving a lot of problems uh, that face young bands and trying to get into music, trying to figure out how to get people to listen to them, to hear them, um, you know, to trust them and invest in their art. And I realized that shared a lot um, with small business owners. We had become small business owners in our own way, right? And um, and I wanted to go and do what I could, um, not just as a producer to help bands in the studio shape their songs and their art, but also to help them form better strategies to uh, hopefully make a career and a long-term career out of the music and out of the skill set that they um, that they've put together, right? So um, that kind of brings me to where I am now, which I, I split my time uh, across the year between obviously still touring and making music with my band, but uh, also doing a number of other um independent and unsigned artist focus endeavors, things like coaching um, artists one-on-one -on -one and trying to um, inspire and educate uh, other musicians and other bands uh, through things like the podcast that I started a couple of years ago called The Record Process, where we dive into the stories behind the records that, uh, that are really powerful in, in every different genre. So yeah, so um, that's kind of my, my way, what brings me up until pretty much present day with you here right now, Victor. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing, Casey. So, like, I guess, like a lot of people, it started at home. You know, your dad was a musician. He played a bunch of different instruments. You, you saw some of it. You got curious about it. You asked him about it. And then you started playing some. And you did that throughout junior high school and high school in the greater Philly area. And then, I guess, toward the end of high school, summer night, you, but you call, you started a joke band. You wrote a song. And from there, it took off for the next 20 years. And did a lot of touring and uh, writing songs and just playing over the next five years. Um, I'd like to ask you uh, about those first several years because, you know, a lot of times we only hear about these bands that they become successful. But a lot of these bands, they went through many years of struggle, you know, trying to get, you know, trying to get a record deal, just trying to find places that will let them play. So a lot of times they, they play these small places. It could take, take 5, 10, 15, 20 years to become successful. So what made you guys how was it during those early years and what made you kept going if uh if you know if you know did you guys struggle early on and if so what made you continue and not give up as other bands you know do give up sometimes yeah i i mean you know there there's a lot that goes into that certainly i mean you said it and that is that is kind of why where even this many years removed from some of those really long, arduous DIY tours where we would come home, wiped out, uh, washed out, you know, spending, just hemorrhaging money, right? Um, I mean, I think first and foremost, anybody that's picked up an instrument and stuck with it can probably relate to the fact that there is a certain level of passion and connection with what you can do with your music. And it, even though you might not be seeing... Um, you know, a direct response um, at scale, right? Um, you know, with even just a first song or a first little verse, right? Um, you know, it, it just kind of takes one reaction to start reaffirming 
those beliefs that, hey, maybe I can make something that is valuable to somebody else and, and worthwhile to somebody else. And that's kind of what happened to us. You know, so a lot of those early shows, um, you know, we were lucky we had a little bit of like a a, a built in hometown music scene. Right. So, um, you know, we had a, a starting point, which I think is for any entrepreneur in whatever field you're in. I think it's always good to find that starting space, that starting point where other people are already starting to do what you would like to do. Um, and, and in this case it was performing, it was, um, you know, booking, uh, our own like kind of DIY shows in non-traditional venues like VFWs, gymnasiums, community centers. And, uh, so we tapped into that initially. Um, and we had all been familiar with that. And even that alone, just in our, in our own hometown, uh, seeing a handful of people respond, sing back those lyrics, especially with this band. Um, funny enough, even though those first lyrics were somewhat parody uh, laced um, because we were not yet taking it uh, too seriously, as I mentioned, um, it, it really started to. Uh, over the first couple of years, galvanized that as we started branching out, as a lot of bands do, you know, driving an hour outside, driving, you know, hitting three different, you know, bordering states in a weekend, and then eventually led to, you know, full U.S. Uh, runs that would that would last six, seven weeks, um, you know, and you might play to you know, nobody or, or have those shows where you played at just the other bands in, in some small um, corner of, you know, Texas or the Southwest where there's not a, a burgeoning music scene, but even just one other person responding and saying, wow, that second song was, was awesome. Uh, I've got to go listen to that. Um, it keeps you going as a creative, right? And and like I mentioned with, um, you know, starting the podcast, the record process that I did, that was part of um, what I wanted to do uh, and paying it forward and bring stories of conception to people because I, I know I've benefited from them even just in the many, many years that we spent, um, you know, kind of grinding it out before we started to hit some really solid momentum. Okay, no, thanks for sharing that. That definitely makes uh, a lot of sense. And, uh, and you know, for sharing your journey, what you guys went through. And, and I'm sure it gives some inspiration to other bands right now wondering, you know, can we succeed? Like you said, number one starts with the passion. You know, you guys definitely have a passion for your music and what you can do with it. And like you said, one reaction can reaffirm your belief. So like, you know, some people coming up to you say, hey, oh, man, that song was awesome. Really, you know, really touched me, you know. It, those kind of things can really keep you going and you know he had a whole time music scene that you know you guys feel it but you also guys did a lot of extra stuff like you book shows in non-conventional places like gymnasiums you mentioned you guys are willing to drive out of the way one or two hours you even like you mentioned one weekend you drove to three bordering states and you know sometimes you may not have the big audiences but you keep doing it and you never know you know I guess any of those places, someone might see you, someone who has influence, like a producer or something, and just enjoys your show. You just never know when that type of person might be in the audience or someone's in that audience who may know someone of influence. Um, so it's just keep doing it. So, and, and I guess people listening, you know, to the bands out there, I guess one thing to do is, you know, if you really have that passion, go for it, but do the extra stuff, go that extra mile because don't just stick in your hometown. Go to other places. You know, check out other places. Get 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 the word out. Because right now, I assume, um, it's you know, th there's a lot of competition out there. So, and I, I like the fact you have this um, podcast, the record process, which is which is really nice. And I'm sh 
So uh, the, the people who are into musical playing bands definitely should check that out. And 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 now it seems like you also want to give back because you, you coach people, you you produce them, you want to share your experience, all the things you've learned over the course of the years and just to help them succeed as well. Because when you're an entrepreneur, especially when you get started, they're going to be ups and downs. Number one, number two, you're going to make some mistakes. And sometimes when you make the mistake, it may make you get discouraged and want to give up. So could you talk a little bit about some of the mentoring you've done with these uh, musicians that come that have come to work with you? Absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, you said it right. So um, I got to a point in my life where by no means do I do I think that I have conquered and mastered every facet of the music business and, and the industry. But um, I do um, find myself in a position where uh, I realize that there are a lot of other people, um, you know, that still haven't reached the point that we've been lucky enough to reach and, and gained the experience I've been lucky enough to gain. And I can turn around and help those other people by providing those insights, by giving that really candid feedback, which I think a lot of times, unfortunately, um, you know, well, the well, the internet is a wealth of information, as we all know. Um, you know, a lot of bands and artists can hit YouTube University, as I call it, um, and, and learn a whole lot very quickly. It can also be really daunting and frustrating with a lot of conflicting ideologies or, quite frankly, people out there just trying to sell educational products or some version of, you know, out of touch consulting, um, you know, that's really not necessarily right for where that artist might be. So that's my goal is to, uh, at least with the coaching and the mentoring that I'm trying to do is pick artists that I feel have a really um, have a really great high amount of potential and are showing that in the songs they're writing and most importantly, the entrepreneurial initiative that they're taking and try to take that energy and help them focus it in the right way at the right time. You know, there is no shorthand, especially in the music business. You know, sometimes you just, you have to do the reps, you have to do the work. Any songwriter out there that's listening knows you don't get better by just thinking about that one specific song. You get better by finishing song after song and being able to reflect on that process. And it's the same way with trying to help artists become their own small business owners while balancing that creative output. And um and that's, you know, it's really about problem solving too. The goal is not for me to uh, take on an artist or a project and mentor that artist, you know, and, and tell them exactly what step to take for the rest of their career, right? It's to help them think for themselves. Um, and quite frankly, you know, it's like that old proverb, um, but I'll flip it a little bit and say, it's like, if you teach a band how to fish, right, <laughs> they'll be able to feed themselves, you know, and, and have a lot better chance of giving themselves a leg up on it. And that, so that's kind of one of the, the phrases that I run with it and try to use because every band is at a different place and there are fundamentals that you can try as a baseline to really tackle, um, but sometimes there's there's so many shiny objects out there, um, you know, that we can think, oh, that's the key. That's how I hack the system and and get this shortcut to more streams. But generally, those will catch up with you and really just um, start to stunt your actual progress in, in doing what I mentioned we did, which is trying to find those authentic reactions and connections with people that are actually meaningful, not just vapid, you know, followers that you're going out and like, and purchasing, you know, on Twitter or uh, Instagram, it's, it's finding the real people that actually resonate with your art. Right. And so that's, that's what I'm trying to do, hopefully with, with the bands that I work with. 
No, definitely, definitely some good stuff there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of conflicting ideas out there, and they don't, you know, these these up and coming bands, they don't know who to listen to because, um, it's it's definitely it could be so overwhelming, and and yeah, don't buy the followers, and there's definitely a lot of shiny objects. Don't short circuit the process. You have to do the work. You have to, you know, do the reps. And, you know, just put in the time. Uh, you know, a lot. Of, you know, I remember reading years ago. I think the book was called Outliers, and the guy was talking about you have to do ten thousand hours to master your craft. Well, you know, people say the Beatles go like a lot of people don't know the Beatles spent many, many years in Germany. They were playing seven, eight hours a night. So they, they cut their teeth, man. Yeah, yeah, they put in thousands of hours of work honing their crafts, and so there that's, was more to it than getting lucky. That's yeah. right. That's right. I mean, that, Victor, that's such a great point too. So that Malcolm Gladwell quote that you mentioned, um, who is a great author, if anybody, um, I'm sure you probably mentioned him already on the show uh, at some point, but yeah, that's a, that's a great, um, that's a great idea. Uh, and I think uh, I'll actually allude to another author who I really like by the name of Cal Newport. Um, I just got finished rereading a book that he put out that's uh, called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And it's actually a really interesting twist on the idea of um, on career advice that a lot of people hear uh, all the time about, well, follow your passion and you'll never work, you know, and yes, uh, it's nice to find yourself in a job that you really like and the ideal dream job. But what he actually argues in that is that the way you get there is by building what's called career capital or skill sets and being really good at what you're doing. And that's when you find that opportunity, when you actually can start to leverage that career capital along the way. And I think as an artist, as a band, as a musician, um, as a songwriter, that capital is you putting in that time, you know, you're not going to just sit down and be like, my dream job is to be a songwriter. Let's tap in and do this and flip a switch. And all of a sudden you're making a living. No, you gotta, you gotta really log a bunch of hours and a bunch of reps to learn what your voice as a songwriter is like, to learn how to access those um, creative moments and take that inspiration and turn it into an interesting compelling story and perspective and that's that that Malcolm Gladwell quote is a great example of that but what that 10,000 hours is is building you that leverage and skill set that you can actually utilize to hopefully find uh your way into your dream job um and you and you learn to love whatever it is in this case songwriting or for us it was building a, a small business, right? That really cares, that really has a genuine point behind it, not just to generate money, but to put out music that actually matters and, and helps people. And, uh, you know, over 20 years, like I mentioned at the top of this podcast, we didn't realize we were a small business, but that's what we had built. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what we had become. And I, I realized that I, I loved that sense about it too. And that it wasn't just about building something that generates money. It's about building something that, offers a community that people can come in and join. So, you know, it's a, it's a really powerful tool there, the 10,000 hours. Yeah. And I like that building a community for those people. Um, you know, you, you, you realize years later, you had actually, you guys had built a small business. I like what you said about, you know, building the skill sets and career capital and leveraging that and help you find your dream job from it. And by the way, that book by Cal Newport, so good. They can't ignore you. I, that's an excellent book. Yeah. Both books. Are it's great, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend both books. No, uh, definitely. Um, next thing I want to ask you about is, you know, for those that, you know, there are a lot of independent artists out there that are trying to like, you know, get known, try to get people to, you know, see their music. And you mentioned some of the things you guys have done in the past. What do you think are some of the best ways these independent artists can promote their music? 
Right. So um, I'm sure if you're listening, a lot of people are familiar with a couple um, very in fashion um, platforms or terms, those being things like TikTok or Spotify, you know, streaming social media. Uh, and the answer is yes, those are very powerful tools, right? Um, but what I would always first caution any band that's trying to to reach out and gain some visibility um, and, and market and position their band and their music in a way um, for the right audience to find them is that they are only tools, right? They are not the say all and be all decided parameters for success, right? Um, a lot of people are getting fed, and this is where I, I talk about some conflicting ideologies, you know, are getting fed uh, the hot take that if you're not spending 100% of your time on TikTok as an artist right now, um, you're not doing it right. And I, I blatantly disagree with that. And I think it's actually very damaging for a lot of young artists to hear something like that, because it forces them to think about their career path and their trajectory and the art that they put out in one very narrow platform framed way. Right. So, um, so I would at least caution people to say, Hey, listen, if you don't feel like TikTok is something that you can authentically enjoy and, or know how to do it at first, then that's okay. Maybe there's uh, another platform or maybe the audience that your music is meant for is actually better served, uh, on a different platform anyway. Right. So, um, so that's first and foremost. And then the next thing I mentioned kind of rolls into what I try to offer in some capacity um, as a as an artist coach and, and a mentor is finding real candid feedback on your music as early as possible, right? Um, and, I, and I mean this to say, you know, don't take the song and run to your partner and say, hey, what do you think of this? You know, if you can probably do the math and think that your partner might not give you the whole transparent, um, you know, hard truth if it's not great. Right. Um, so it, it's about expanding that network and finding those places that you can get that feedback for a couple reasons. One, because that's going to help you make better art. And I think that's still to this day, go a better, um, better use of time than almost anything else is getting better at what you do, right? Getting better at telling stories, getting better at communicating your messages and better at thinking creatively in ways to do it that interrupt patterns. I think, um, I think pattern interruption is a huge thing across all promotional channels these days because there is so much noise and thinking about what's common in your genre, and thinking about how you can flip that script. And that is why when I say your genre <clears throat> as an artist, um, or really any kind of creative, right? It, for musicians, the medium is is often sonic, although it's now very much visually driven as well. Um, but it can be physical art uh, or, you know, literature, right? If you're a writer, um, any of these things, knowing your genre and knowing the very subtle sub niches of your genre that you might fit into um the things like the mood that it evokes the key keywords phrases the topics you know that uh, and subject matter that you're kind of circling around those things are really valuable in terms of understanding where you can position yourself and so for that reason one of the two platforms that i mentioned which is obviously spotify which is driving a ton of international traffic to new artists based out of their um, you know, based on their algorithmic and editorial playlists, um, the way that you can really start to use those recommendation algorithms effectively is by getting your music on 
smaller platforms that are really targeted and focused on songs that sound very similar to yours or share a, a ton of crossover because that's how it starts understanding where the song is best served and who that algorithm should serve the song to. And that's more important than landing on some huge playlist that has half a million followers. If your song just keeps getting skipped, uh, that's going to tell the algorithm that the song's not great when in reality it might be great, just not for the listeners of that, the followers of that playlist. Right. So getting that feedback and knowing where to put your song is probably the most valuable, um, tip I can at least start with in terms of, you know, early on trying to get visibility um, as a, as a relatively unknown or up and coming artist. All right. Definitely some golden nuggets there. Like you mentioned there are platforms like TikTok and Spotify, but you also mentioned there are only tools, you, you know, you don't have to be on TikTok all the time. And frankly, if you don't want to, you don't have to, and you probably don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So you probably want to diversify. And, and I like you, the fact you mentioned Find real feed, candid feedback from people immediately and um, and get better at the things you do. And you're right, there's a lot of pattern interruption, a lot of noise, and knowing your genre is very important. And I, I love how you ended with, you know, you can find smaller platforms that play music that are similar to yours and it's more targeted. So it's a better place for you to get traction, for your song to get played. And it, it works similar in marketing because... Like whatever product you're marketing, a lot of times people want to market to the whole world. And if you right. market to the whole world, you're marketing to no one. If I have a steakhouse and I'm marketing to vegetarians, they're not going to come. I don't care how good right. the steak is because they don't. You got to market to the people that are going to be interested in the type of music that you want. So find targeted smaller audience. You get a lot more traction for them. Having a huge audience, the chances are most of the people are not going to be interested in doing it. So it's definitely some really great piece of advice now as we're coming toward the end of our interview casey do you have any other last uh, pieces of advice for those musicians out there or people who want to get started in music yeah i mean um uh you know i think i, I you know at the risk of restating some of the things that i already mentioned um you know because i think that it's all relevant and important um I would say uh, action will always trump inaction. You know, um, I spent a lot of time uh, ruminating um, and I, I've been for much of my life a chronic overanalyzer, um, you know, kind of trying to look out and, and suss out the right time, the right angle for something. The reality is, and I think, Victor, I'm sure you found this and plenty of your other guests have found this, but I've, you know, I wake up each day and find it to be more and more true um, that the more, um, you know, the more action I can take and decisions that I can make, regardless of whether or not they turn out to be right or wrong, um, I'm going to be better off for it because I'm not going to waste that time. And I'm going to go out and chase those mistakes and, and find those lessons and learn them much quicker, you know, and, and in that way, uh, get better and have a leg up on a lot of other creators out there that are just going to wait and, and just keep their songs on a hard drive and, you know, wait for them to write the perfect, brilliant song. It's like, well, guess what? There's a reason that I, the first thing I say, if we're really starting from square one with an artist, you can't even pitch your first song that you put up on Spotify, right? Like it actually, you have to have a song on there before you can start pitching and trying to get selected for playlists. So that in itself is a really interesting metaphor for what I think, you know, a lot of creators sometimes need to hear or, you know, people that are thinking about creating or, or 
considering trying to make the shift into, uh, you know, the professional creative sphere. Action, right? Just take action, take a step. It doesn't matter if it's the right one. If it's a step, it's right because it will ultimately help you find that correct path forward and everybody's path is going to be different. So if you're waiting for the exact same step that mirrors somebody else's experience, you're probably going to be waiting a long time, you know, um, because that exact door, that exact path is not necessarily going to open up for you. You know, sometimes there's a lot of similarities, but just remembering that fact alone uh, and not being able to, to not being afraid to make mistakes. Truthfully, there's so many, I, if I, um, if I had a, a nickel for every unfinished idea that sat on my hard drive instead of sending it off to a friend that could maybe help me finish it or spark some some sort of direction, I'd be very I'd be I'd be much wealthier, Victor. Um, you know, and that fact alone, it's like it, don't wait and find other people. You don't have to take it all on yourself. That would be the third thing um, that I would mention is, you know, the DIY narrative that I mentioned, you know, we came up in and, and figuring out uh, where there's a will, there's a way and and booking our own shows, finding people networking, you know, across the country just to to get on a bill anywhere. There's a lot to be said for that. But I think nowadays there's, there's the almost um, a disruption in a lot of artists thought thought process because there are so many tools out there that can be effective for independent creators, but they also seemingly can be digested by a lot of artists um, to mean that you must do it all of your, all yourself or you're a failure, right? Um, to think that, well, this artist did it all themselves. Um, you know, that means I like I should be able to, and if I can't, I'm failing and that's also a really destructive thing for any entrepreneur, for any business owner, and for any musician, um, quite frankly, because you don't have to take it all on. Um, there's a really powerful book that I'll leave you with. And I think this um, sends sends a great message. Let me see if I can find it, if it's down here. But I love it so much. Um, oh, there it is. The book is called Who, Not How by Dan Sullivan. And I, I can see by uh, by your reaction, Victor, that you're familiar with it. And so if it's been brought up before on the show, then I'll bring it up again because that has illuminated some incredible uh, missteps and missed opportunities that, I, that I've seen in retrospect in my life. And so I'm, I'm trying to pay that ideology forward. So anybody's interested, go pick that book up. It's, it's very good and I guarantee it will unlock at least a couple paths forward for you. Yeah. I actually just had that book delivered the other day because one of my uh, mentors recommended a book. He says it's an amazing book. So I just got it the other day and I'm going to start reading it in the next day or two. So I was just like, oh, yeah. that's so cool. You just brought it up and I just got in the mail because my mentor Great. said it's, it's, it definitely helped his business so much. Um, yeah. And I agree. You can't, you don't need to do it all by yourself and you're just going to get overwhelmed trying to do everything by yourself. Get help. All the successful people, all the successful people do that. They have teams, they have people working for them, they have people helping them out, VAs, whatever. You know, if you try to do it all by yourself, you're just going to get overwhelmed and you're more likely to get discouraged and give up. And I like what you said about action would always trump inaction. Don't overanalyze, it's going to lead to procrastination. 
um, you know, just take action because you're gonna get feedback, you learn how to do things better, but if you never get started, nothing changes. And when you get started, not only will you get better, but you may be able to get the music out, the business out, whatever you're doing, it can inspire and help people. But if you never get started, you won't be able to help or contribute to other people's lives. And there's a book uh, by a guy named James Clear called Atomic Habits. And he talks about this experiment from the early 1970s. This, this professor had a photography class and he broke them up into two groups. One was called the quality group the other one was called the quantity group. The quality group, all they had to do was do one quality picture at the end of the semester and they'd be great on that picture. The quantity group, the more pictures they got, the better they grade. So 100 photos would be an A, 90, a B, 80, a C, and so on. He thought the quality group would have the better looking pictures. What he found out at the end of the semester was the quantity group had much better pictures. Why? Because they were learning the problems. They were making mistakes. They were getting feel. They were figuring out how to do things better. And then at the end, their pictures were much better. The quality group, because they were only working on one photo, they procrastinated. They just took time humming and dumbing, just dreaming about how to make a great picture. And the majority of those pictures at the end of the semester, because they weren't working at it at all, where they were pretty mediocre. So the people that took action, did a lot of work on their photos, had much better looking photos than the people who just focused and waited to do their photo at the end of the semester. So that's just a perfect example of taking action, you'll get better at it. So listen, Casey, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you on. You share a lot of great thoughts, a lot of great wisdom and golden nuggets. So again, thanks for being on the show. And if people want to get in touch with you, Casey, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, uh, it's very simple. They can reach me at my website, which is just my name, uh, Casey Cavalier with an E on the end, uh, .com. And you can find everything that I that we touched on here, stuff about my productions, my coaching, um, the podcast, et cetera. And there's ways to reach out. And there's also, um, you know, a lot of weekly resources that I'm putting out there for, um, for other artists, you know, to trying to learn how to better market themselves, promote themselves and, and make a full lasting career out of it in the blog section there. So yeah, um, that's how they can get a hold of me. And um, if they want to follow along, you know, they can also find their way to my Instagram, which is just at case underscore rock. And, uh, you know, I'm always uh, active there and putting some stuff out into the world if I can. Awesome. Thanks again, Casey, for being on the show and have yourself a great day. You too, Victor. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.